Hello, you're listening to Sunday Starter. I'm Andy Mangum. We take a look at one of the Sundays on the uh, lectionary and we take one of the texts and provide a non-chatty overview to help get your Sunday started. Uh, today I am looking at the third Sunday of Pentecost, year C. We're looking at the Psalms and I'm in a sermon series or a Psalm series entitled From Wonder to Honesty. Today we look at Psalm 77 with the theme of memory. Let me go ahead and read the Psalm. I'm reading from the New Revised Standard Version. Uh, the psalmist subscription says to the leader, according to uh, Jedithan uh, of Asaph, and it is a psalm. I cry aloud to God, aloud to God, that he may hear me. In the day of my trouble, I seek the Lord in night. My hand is stretched out without wearying. Uh, my soul refuses to be comforted. I think of God and I moan. I meditate and my spirit faints. You keep my eyelids from closing. I am so troubled that I cannot speak. I consider the days of old, and I remember the years of long ago. I commune with my heart in, my, in the night. I meditate and search my spirit. Will the Lord spurn forever and never again be favorable? Has his steadfast love ceased forever? Are his promises at an end for all time? Has he forgotten to be gracious? Has he in anger shut up in his compassion? And I say, it is my grief that the right hand of the Most High has changed. I will call to mind the deeds of the Lord. I will remember your wonders of old. I will meditate on all your work and muse on your mighty deeds. Your way, O God, is holy. What God is as great as our God? You are the God who works wonders. You have displayed your might among the peoples. With a strong arm, you redeemed your people the descendants of Jacob and Joseph. When the waters saw you, O God, when the waters saw you, they were afraid. They, the very deep, trembled. The clouds poured out water. The skies thundered. Your arrows flashed on every side. The crash of your thunder was in the whirlwind. Your lightnings lit up the world. The earth trembled and shook. Your way was through the sea, your path through the mighty waters, yet your footprints were unseen. You led the people like a flock by the hand of Moses and of Aaron. May God add blessing to the reading of God's word. Psalm 77 is part of the third book of Psalms. There are five uh, books of Psalm. There are three Salem markers in the book of the Psalm at verse 3, at verse 9, and at verse 15. Uh, the meaning of Selah not entirely known to us. It, it seems to be something of a musical reference. Uh, it may suggest that they breathe at that point. And many of us, uh, my pastor especially, uh, likes to use the word Selah as a reminder to pause, to breathe, to take a breath, breath and to relax. I would divide this psalm into three parts, though not the three parts identified by the Selah. For me, the first nine verses or ten verses express the psalmist lament. The last seven verses consist of the hymn of remembering the Exodus event. And verses 12, 11 and 12 seem to serve as a connecting bridge between the two movements. The psalmist responds to their own grief by remembering the deeds of the Lord. There is a definite eye focus in the first part of the psalm and a decisive shift in the second part of the psalm. And, 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 so, um, and so there is that first-person singular pronoun in our bridge verses. It does point to something other than that preoccupation that is located in the, the self-preoccupation that's located in the first nine verses. The psalmist says, I will call to mind 
the deeds of the Lord. I will remember your wonders of old. I will meditate on all your work and muse on your mighty deeds. So there's that focus that is looking beyond that. I would also point out that uh, we should notice the way the right hand of of arm of God uh, shifts. There is uh, a statement about the psalmist's own arm and stretching out their hand. But in verse 10, there's this agonizing question as the lament reaches its lowest point. And the psalmist says, in my grief, uh, it is my grief. In my grief, I say that it is the right hand of God that has changed. Uh, Yet in verse 15, the psalmist praises the strong arm of the Lord. And in verse 20, the people uh, are led along by the hand of Moses and Aaron, who are led by God. Uh, Noted biblical scholar Walter Brueggemann provides a detailed exegesis of Psalm 77 in his uh, book, The Psalms and the Life of Faith. Uh, Brueggemann offers a new typology of the Psalms, and most people would uh, do create typologies of the Psalms and categorize the Psalms individually uh, as Psalms of lament, corporate or individual, uh, Psalms of of entrance Psalms or coronation rites uh, or, or whatever. Um, but, but, um, but Brueggemann suggests that the Psalter contains psalms of orientation, psalms of disorientation, and psalms of reorientation. So the psalms of orientation would be those that reflect a sense of, of God's abiding presence, that God is unmovable, unchangeable, immutable, uh, and, and that God has always been that way and will always be that way. There is no hint of uh, adversity in those psalms of orientation. Psalm 23, uh, a, a you know, classic example of a psalm of orientation. Uh, I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Uh, that sense of permanence and that sense of God constantly uh, there to protect us and to guide us. Psalms of disorientation do the opposite. They, they ask questions about God, how God is managing God's universe. Uh, Psalm 14 or 13, rather, is a good example of that. The how long so, uh, hymn, uh, four different times, the psalmist says, how long, how long will you forget me forever? How long will my enemies triumph over me? And, and so lament psalms, these disorientation psalms, really express uh, a sense of lostness, a, a sense of displacement. And then there are psalms of reorientation, psalms that uh, indicate that the, the damage, the pain, the, the uncertainty, the trauma, if you will, is not forgotten. It's not lost, but rather it has been transformed in some meaningful way. Uh, and, and usually that, that comes at the hands of the Lord. We, we don't, um, are, aren't usually able to, to, to change our trauma experiences by sheer force of will, uh, but through the transformative power uh, of God. So with that, um, typology from Brueggemann in mind, uh, he turns his attention to Psalm 77 and refers to it as the turn from self to God. There's a striking quality about the psalm that once we get past verse 11, the psalmist no longer uses the first person singular. It's all expressed as a, a second person singular to God. The final outcry of the lament is the wrenching question in verse 10, and Brueggemann quotes it from the New Jerusalem Bible that translates that verse, This, I said then, is what distresses me, that the power of the Most High is no longer what it is, what it was. As he shifts his focus from the hymn of praise, Brueggemann suggests that this psalmist has done here is to name the freedom of God. God chose to act in delivering the people from Egypt, the central event remembered in the praise hymn, 
And this same God is choosing not to act in the present moment the way God once did. This reflects the freedom of God. A freedom of God, as a pastor, I've found that the idea that God is free and can choose to be something other than what we expect God to do and to be uh, is deeply unsettling to people. Uh, Brueggemann observes the same thing. He says, observance of the freedom of God to change causes a terrible unsettling among the faithful. The comfort of an utterly obedient relationship is shattered by the awareness that this hidden, free God will never neither fully dis- be will will be neither fully discerned nor completely predictable. What many of us find difficult to do, the psalmist seems to do with courage. The psalmist ponders the freedom of God and chooses to affirm that God is God regardless of what God chooses. I appreciate the statement from Brueggemann's essay. He wrote, We do not know how the speaker moves from verse 10 to verse 11, but we can surmise it was not an easy move. We do not know how any faith speaker makes the leap from the preoccupation with self to the imaginative acknowledgement of the primacy of others. But that is what happens in this psalm and in all serious biblical faith. Um, and here, I think Paul uh, Brueggemann is uh, echoing um, Martin Buber in his book, I and Thou, uh, who, who talks about the fact that in so many of our relationships, we have an I-it relationship uh, to people. That they, they matter to us only insofar as we can get them to do what we want them to do. But the self is, is very much at the center of our preoccupation and uh, that that true spiritual move is the move to view both people and but ultimately God as a thou relationship as one who has full integrity and and, and needs to be respected and their freedom needs to be respected um, and 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 that's difficult that's that's not an easy shift to make and, and we often think of it is and uh, we'll talk about it as if it's it's really easy but it's not uh, and, and Brueggemann, I think, points that out. Brueggemann points out that this shift is, is countercultural. Uh, and he wrote uh, that uh, the whole consumer perspective concerns retention of self and the satiation of self. Uh, that is what is given in verses 1 through 6 and what is relinquished in the verses that follow. So um, a helpful hymn there, a helpful psalm there. Uh, what we do with that, I think um, I'd love to hear uh, what you might do with Psalm 77. Um, but it is a psalm that, that certainly shows transition. Uh, it evokes memory, but in a way that reminds us that just because God acted one way in the past does not mean that that's the way God has to act in the future. That God is free to be God's self and that to be in relationship with the Lord is to acknowledge God's freedom to be God and for us to be God's people, even in the midst of of changes that we cannot predict. Um, So there we go. Uh, I hope that's been helpful to you as you think about Psalm 77. Remember to redeem the commutes for the drives are evil.